Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. For more information, please call 234-803-481-0869 or for free audio downloads, kindly visit www.davidogaga.org. Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. For more information, please call 234-803-481-0869 or for free audio downloads, kindly visit www.davidogaga.org. Children of Israel in the wilderness, they had no need for food, they had no need for shoes, they are no need for tailor to mend their clothes. They have the sun to protect them by day and the light by night. Manna was coming down. That was wilderness. You almost not be different. So some of you need to pray to get to the wilderness. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, so that's the background to that. And uh, we just need to understand very simply that that woman, remember he has 12 stars. On her head, that woman was actually talking about two dimensions. You can bring the talking about the church. The early church, which has to do because women in the Bible talks about church. So the early church has to do with remember the sun was on the head and the moon under the feet, right? The moon speaks of the core religion of Egypt, Judaism. And so we're talking about a church that was overcoming. And you have the 12 stars. If you take it to the old time, you have the 12 tribes of Israel. To the New Testament, the 12 apostles of Jesus. The man-child is the baby, or I'm going to make you see that from the book of John, chapter 17. 16 down to 17, you'll find again that Jesus talks about the man-child that the church will bring forth when the Holy Spirit comes. Is that alright? But anyhow, those are not the background. Just part of the background there. But let's start reading from... Um, let's now take a, a look at this now. There was one in heaven. Let me read from the Jerusalem Bible. I'm going to read. You can try it in a tra- translation, but I want to read from the Jerusalem Bible. A very simple one. Now war broke out in heaven when Michael with his angels attacked the dragon. Now I want you to see that. Not that there was war in heaven. The war broke out when Michael and his angel attacked the dragon. That's what led to the war. Are you with me? Now I want you to capture that because it's very important. This is not, because you see, when people read this, they take you back to Isaiah 14, which has nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with Isaiah 14. They are not correlated scriptures. Is that okay? So, again, I read, and now war broke out in heaven when Michael with his angels attacked the dragon. The dragon fought back with his angels, but they were defeated and driven out of heaven. The Jerusalem Bible, that's the way it is. Praise the Lord. Alright. Now, from the above translation that I've just read, the thing you're going to pick out is the cause of the war was the attack of Michael and his angels on the dragon itself who was prepared to destroy the man-child. You need to get the, the, the way it flowed. 
You see, the man-child was born by the woman that was driven to the wilderness. Is that okay? Now the dragon wants to attack the man-child. So, Michael and his angel came to attack the dragon. That's what led to the war. Did you get that? Can there be anything without a cause? There was one in heaven. So what happened? What led to the war? Nobody thinks about that. They just read it. There was one in heaven. And then Lucifer began to fight God. What led to the war? What, were they quarreling? What led to the war? So this is the background to it. The dragon was trying to attack the man child that was giving battle, which is the church. Got this right. It is not the woman that had the rod to rule the nation. It was a man child that had the rod to rule the nations. Are you getting what I'm saying here? Good. Now it was a man child that the dragon actually wanted to attack. So Michael and his angels stood to attack the dragon. There's a background to it. Amen? So the man child was that of the woman that we find in Revelation 12, 1 to 6. Like I said before. So we can see that it, this is just symbolic of Israel. A type of the church giving birth to the corporate body of sons. And I want you to understand that. Amen? The body of sons, of son, is just like a type of Moses that was given battle. And Pharaoh wanted Moses to be killed. But Moses was the savior for Israel. Are you seeing that? That's what a man-child was supposed to be. So just like Pharaoh was decreeing that every male child be killed, even so the dragon is saying, let the man-child be killed. Then what happened? Michael stood to fight. Are you following that? <laughs> I want you to get a picture. Don't forget that statement I made. It's not the woman that is meant to rule. That, that's why if you look at the seven churches, they only see he that will come he that will come he that will come All those who have come they are coming from the church. So there is a church from the church that will rule. Are you there with me? Very good. Okay. Now the Bible made us to understand that this child was brought forth to the throne of God. The male child. Right? Just like you find again that Moses was picked from the river and taken to Pharaoh's uh, throne to be nourished until the time of manifestation. Did you see that? Same principle. Alright. So here we are talking about the company of saints. We are talking about the man child. Praise the Lord. That we have power, that we rule, and all that. Now if you read the scripture, it talks about 42 months. You know, man child will be nourished for 42 months. That 42 months is typical or typifies the 42 years of Israel wilderness experience. That's the 42 months you see there. It speaks of the 42 years that Israel was in the wilderness. Are you there with me? I want you to follow it. That's why I'm laying some background. Praise the Lord. Until they enter the promised land, which is presently the travailing period of the church or the overcoming church. That is what a symbol, I mean symbolize is. The wilderness period within the 42 years 
is the same period of travail that the church is. Like you read in the book of Romans chapter 8, talk about the creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. So the church presently is in travail to bring forth the man-child. Just like Paul will pray and, I mean, begin to say, say I travail until Christ be what? Formed in you. There is a travailing to bring forth a mature son that will rule the earth. Praise the Lord. So that's what we find about the 42 there. Let me, um, how do I look at this? In verse 8 to 9 of Revelation 12, we are made to understand that the dragon and his angels fought. Automatically, we'll find out the dragon and his angels. I'm going to make you see from historical perspective and then spiritual perspective. But when you say the dragon and his angel, you're only trying to talk about false ministers. Is that okay? You're just dealing with false ministries. Just like Christ and his angels. You're going to make you, make you see that when you say the Michael and his angel. Michael is not just one of the... When you use the word archangel for Michael, what you mean is the chief or the first in rank of the angels. Right? And the word Michael means who is like God. Who else is like God other than Christ? Hebrews chapter 1. Christ is express image and glory of God. Christ is like God. Right? He appeared to Joshua with his sword drawn as a man of war. Remember that? That was Christ. Daniel 12. What did the Bible say? He says the angel of Daniel's people. And so in Malachi 3, what did the Bible say? It talks about the messenger that will go and prepare the way. Then the messenger whom you seek will suddenly come to where? To his temple. Which messenger is coming to his temple? The messenger of the covenant whom you seek, which is Christ. First messenger is John. Second messenger is who? Jesus. Amen? Praise the Lord. I remember sharing some of this sometime in South Africa. And one pastor said, man, I can take everything you're saying, but to make Jesus an angel, oh man, I can't take that. I said, well, it's like you can't take that, that God became a man. Are you getting what I'm talking about? If God became a man, what is big? If God became an angel. Huh? Praise the Lord. Okay, so let's move on. Um, Alright, I just want to go a little bit fast. Let me go down. What was the nature of this war? Because, you see, it because of the war, that's what led to all of those sin overcoming with the blood of the Lamb. You understand that? That's why I'm trying to build so that you can get the whole picture right. What was the nature of the war? Historical aspect of those war. If you look at that verse 7 of Revelation 12, it simply means the throne of the Roman Empire. The first place. In the natural perspective, First natural, then spiritual. Amen? 
So there was this war in consequence, you know, it alludes to the breaking out of civil commotions among the governors of the empire. There was problem in the empire by reason of Christianity being introduced into the Roman Empire. That's the first thing you need to understand. Praise the Lord. So it was like a set of things existing with regards to the woman. The man shall remember that. Okay. And the church and the condition which was prevailing at that particular time is just symbolically being represented here as what? As war. That is, it's kind of a conflict between the powers of good and evil, of light and darkness in the Roman Empire. Christianity was coming in, there was emperor worship, so there was a conflict that was going on. You must understand that the book of Revelation is a book of symbols. Is that okay? It was revelation given and it was symbolized unto who? Unto John. So you don't read war and then you begin to see war. You have to understand what exactly is most spoken of. We don't have to take the book of Revelation literal. Otherwise, you're going to get into trouble. For instance, when we go down to Revelation 19 or so, you're going to see the man riding on the white horse with his sword in his mouth, with his eyes, with his legs. And of course, we know that that's supposed to be Jesus. Am I right? Is that the down of Jesus you're expecting to come? Okay. The eyes like fire, the feet like brass, with the sharp sword in his mouth. Eh? And then we have other houses riding here, crooked, crooked behind him. You see what I'm talking about? Is that the kind of Jesus you are looking for? It's a book of symbols. You have to understand. Why is he riding white horse? White is a symbol of war. I mean horse. It's a symbol of warfare. So he is actually executing warfare. He's moving, as a matter of fact, it's into your life that is riding with the word of God. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, when a king sits on the throne, he dispels evil with his eyes. Are you there with me? That's why his eyes is red and sharp. Then he used the word. Remember what he told in the book of Revelation, reading from 2 to 3, talks about one of these church of Lucum church. He said, I will spew you where? Out of my mouth. What is that supposed to mean? Are you in his mouth? Because you are his word. He's sending you forth to conquer for him. So the two, the sword in his mouth, which has to do with the two-edged sword, has to do with the word of Christ, with which he conquers the enemy in your heart. The heart of man is desperately wicked. The Bible says we can know it. So when he rides into your heart as a white horse, he is coming to establish righteousness, which is white. And if he follow the picture, he says, and other horses follow that white horse. That means we are overcomers. He's talking about the saints who have become overcomers following the major leader, that's what he's talking about. It's a book of symbols. So you can't be reading Revelation and you'll be looking at white horse, looking at dragon, looking at one thing, you know, one snake crawling and all that. That's childish. You can do that in children's uh, Sunday school, it's fine. Hmm? 
But even that is a big deception. Hallelujah. Now, legally, on a legal platform, the enemy have been defeated. Why? You know, in Job chapter 1, if you read 6 to 11, to 1 to 6, the Bible talks about when children of Israel present themselves before the Lord, and Satan was there also. Now, you have to understand, the Bible didn't say Satan was there to present himself. It says Satan was there also. For me, Satan came with one of the people that came to present themselves before God. The purpose was to accuse the people before God. So, most often you find Satan among the brethren who come to church to accuse the people before God. That's the purpose. Do you understand that? He did. When he, when he, if you look at the first instant, he wasn't there. The second time he was there, it was then God asked him, what do you think you're doing? I'm going to and fro. Okay. You have no job to do. What about my son? Have you considered him? Just to give you an assignment. Are you there with me? It was God that sought out Job. It was not Satan that looked out for Job. God pointed Job out. Get that right. Okay. Now, in Zechariah 3, 1 to 2, we find the same thing happened as an accuser. That was Joshua. Remember that? Good. We find that the Bible says Satan stood at the left hand side to accuse him that this one should not be a priest. So, all of these pictures is one thing that you are going to find out. Accusation. There's no power. Just accusation. There's no scripture that tells how the devil was killing people. No. Just accusation. You accuse Joshua. You accuse the brethren. Huh? Are you there with me? Okay. Alright. But you see, we have Christ who come in to redeem us and to speak for us and to declare that the accusation are not a void. So, legally speaking, we've been discharged and acquitted from the accusation of the devil by reason of the sacrifice of Jesus. Did you get that? Amen? Okay. Let's look at this scripture together. Romans chapter 8 verse 33 and then 34 maybe. Romans chapter 8, look at 33. If you can get it, put it on the board. And this includes you. What is that? Romans 8, 33. Praise the Lord. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Just give me simple King James. If I ask you to change, you change. Who shall lay any charge to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God? Who also maketh intercession for us? So, anytime the devil comes and says, Hey, did you see? God said, No. I can listen to this advocate. Did you get that? So his death, resurrection, and glorification, and now sitting at the right hand of God, is there to any time the devil comes to accuse you, he just says, no, 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 I can listen to this man. 
Because there are always two men, the accuser and then your advocate who stands for you. So Jesus stands for us, so the devil wants to accuse you before God. You are not qualified to have your inheritance, you are not qualified. Yesterday you sinned, the other day you sold, the other day you lied, the other day you took a pencil from somebody's pocket, and Jesus will just say, remember the blood? I paid a price for him. And God will say, yes, what you said is true, but this man stood for him. Is the child unacquitted? Did you get that? This is just what is going on in the court of God. That's what I want to show you. Look at Ephesians 6 verse 12. All of this has to do with the principle of the war. That's what I want you to pick. Ephesians 6 verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. What is that? Praise the Lord. Okay. He said, against principalities and powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against the spiritual wickedness, where? In high places. Okay? There is something I want you to understand. These powers, these principalities we're talking about, includes the law. Turn with me to Galatians 3 verse 19. Galatians 3 verse 19. Very quickly. Wherefore then served the law. It was added because of transgression to the seed to come, to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels in the hand of what? A mediator. Is that alright? Okay, and I want to show you something. You talk with me to the book of... Have you read in the book of Jude where the Bible talks about... How the devil was fighting for the body of Moses. Have you read that? What is the body of Moses? The body of Moses is the law. Hmm? So what was it? Satan was trying to say, the law should not go. So that there will be room for transgression. Because where there is no law, there is no transgression. Is that Okay. It was not a physical body that the angel was looking for because, I mean, the devil was, was kind. I think it should be Jude chapter 9. I mean, Jude verse 9. Am I right? Try Jude verse 9. I think that's the, the passage there. Praise the Lord. We know for sure that only God, the Bible made us to understand, killed Moses and buried him by himself. Am I right? So where do you find the devil coming to see the body of Moses? Look at that. Yet Michael, the archangel... When contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, does not bring accusing, I mean against him a really accusation, but says the Lord rebuked thee. Disappoint. Did you get that? We do know that God killed Moses by himself and buried Moses by himself, and nobody knew exactly where he was buried. So where did you find the devil coming to wrestle with the body of Moses? The body of Moses is the law. Is that okay? Come on, are you there with me? Just like you find the church of the body of Christ. As a matter of fact, the body of Moses is the Old Testament, the body of Christ is the New Testament. Period. Somebody say any scripture on that? Luke 19. Luke 19. Um, did I say Luke 19? I think this should be 22 19 or so. Uh, when he broke the bread. You know the story, don't you? Oh, 
Where am I? It's my scripture. Luke chapter. Yeah, 22:19. And he took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave it unto them, saying, This is what? My body, which is given for you. Do this remembrance of me. Verse 20. Likewise also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament, my blood, which is shed for you. So, when you take whatever you call the Holy Communion, it becomes part of you, and actually it's talking about Christ's body, which has to do with what? The church. You become what you eat. Am I right? Praise the Lord. Good. So, we know that the Old Testament stands for the body of Moses, the New Testament stands for the body of Christ. And what governed, okay, if you get this again, Romans 12, go with me to Romans chapter 12. Oh, okay, let's take Romans 6, Romans 8 rather. Let's take Romans 8. Romans 8, go with me to Romans chapter 8. Let me take Romans chapter 8 and see if that's what I want. Verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Right? Next verse. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ, Jesus, had made me free from the law of sin and death. Period. These are the two testaments. One is the law of the spirit of life. The other one is the law of the spirit of death. That's all. Praise the Lord. Okay. So this is just the main thing. So the stronghold of Satan is actually, or was actually, the law. We can find that in 1 Corinthians 15, 55 to 56. 1 Corinthians 15, 55 to 56. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is what? The law. And this is what the devil was saying, man, the law must not go. If the law goes, that means sin is paralyzed. And if sin is paralyzed, no more death. Are you getting that? Praise the Lord. So the real battle, spiritually speaking, was Jesus going to the cross. To do away with the law of sin and death. There was war in heaven. I'm gradually bringing it so they can get it. Are you following what I'm saying here? Are you following what I'm saying here? The struggle was between darkness and light. Law and the spirit of Christ. And all of them is finding your life and because of you. Because later you read and say there was... There was this song that was taking place in heaven. Now is come salvation. Question is this. Was salvation poured out in heaven or was poured out on earth? Answer me. And he said, now is come the kingdom of our God and of his power. Was the kingdom established in heaven or not? So something happened while that song came into place. Once Satan is cast out, the kingdom is established. Where do you find the kingdom of God? In you. So where is the war really taking place? In your life. 
to dethrone the evil power so that God can establish his own kingdom. And it's all done through the cross. Hallelujah. Okay. Look at Galatians here. Look at Galatians. Galatians 4, verse 5, and then Galatians 3, verse 15, verse 5. Now I say that the heir has... No, verse 5, I say. Galatians 4, 5. It's talking about to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Okay, go back to Galatians 3, verse 13. Galatians 3, 13. Praise the Lord. Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law, being made a cause for us, for it is written, cause is everyone that what? Hanged on the cross. Praise the Lord. Okay. Now you go to Colossians. Let's look at 14 to 16. You can read from any translation you want. Colossians 14. Colossians 2, 14 to 16. Amen. Okay. Blotting out. Okay, go to, let's take it from verse, um, go to verse 12 or 13. Okay. with in baptism, we also you are now risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who are raising from the dead. Verse 13. And you being dead in your sins and in uncircumcision of your heart or flesh, had it quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. How many? Verse 15. 15 says, And having spoiled, look at this one, principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly triumphing over them in him. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? Look at verse 16. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of the new moon of the Sabbath days. What is he saying? Remember the law was given in the hand of a mediator. And not just only Moses, but we find that angels were also responsible in giving the law to Moses. So angels were powerful. So therefore, the Jewish people were also worshipping angels. And when Jesus came, he's trying to say, the period and the reign and the season of angelic worship is over. So part of the principalities you read here have to do with the angels who ordained the law in the heart of Moses. Amen? Good. I've taken time to go all this way for you to understand where the trouble is, where the fight is, as a matter of fact. Praise the Lord. Okay. So now... Let's look at the book of 2 Peter 3, verse 21. 2 Peter 3, 21. And then we'll look at Ephesians 2, verse 6 again. 2 Peter 3, oh sorry, 1 Peter 3, I'm sorry. 1 Peter 3, 21. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm reading this for you to know or to pick from where we're dealing with in the book of Revelation, that that came finally came from heaven. Now is come. Are you there with me? 
So who do you think are the people singing this song in heaven? Not angels, the saints. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now, if you look at Ephesians 2 verse 1, you'll be able to pick something from there, which is very important. Ephesians 2 verse number 1. It tells us about those of us who were walking, right? After the prince of the power of this world, the spirit that walked in the children of disobedience. So there's a spirit that works in men who have not received Christ. Hallelujah. And so what happens? When Christ comes into your life, he comes to dislodge that man that is sitting in the temple of God and controlling you. Now when a man is destroyed from your heart, automatically there's a rejoicing because now the kingdom of God is being established where? In your heart. Luke 17, 2021. Remember that? When shall the kingdom of God come? Say, no, the kingdom of God is where? Within you. And in Romans, I mean in Mark chapter 12, 28, if I cast out the devil with the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. Where is the devil lodged? He lodged in your spirit. In your heart. We are supposed to be the seed of God. So, when the Holy Spirit comes, it dislodges the power that is resident in your spirit that is controlling you, and then God's own spirit is established or takes its place in your heart. Praise the Lord. Are you following me so far? I want you to pick it because it's very, very, very crucial. I'm just trying to lay this foundation until we get to the place. Okay, we have a few more minutes. Alright, so let's go back to the Romans, I mean Revelation 12. And I will deal with those issues again, which I mentioned earlier on. In the historical aspects, like I said, when you say Michael and his angel fought, again we find that Michael, other than representing Christ as it were, Christianity now, because when you see Michael and his angel talking about Christ in spirit coming through his saints, is that okay? To dislodge the power of the worship of idols and emperors in Rome. There are people who are administering the worship of idols, just like they are going to be sent now to establish the worship of God. Are you with me? So, the system there is referred to as dragon, while on your own part, you are together with Michael, which is Christ. Again, we find that Michael here also stands for the man-child, in the sense that you are one with him. He's the head of the body. The church is his body. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Praise the Lord. 
I want you to pick it. So yeah, it deals with the issue of the man child as well. Um, but the point is, the dynasty of the Christian Roman emperors is what is being referred to here as the man child. Which I'm going to make you see. Or you go back to history, you talk about Fabulous, you talk about Constantine, you come out, talk about Licinius. All these were people that came in through Constantine to establish the worship of God in Rome. So this company of Christian emperors is what you can see as what? The man child that was not fighting the beast or the dragon, which have to do with the emperor worship that was still in Rome. Are you following what I'm saying here? Praise the Lord. So I'm saying this dynasty represented by Micah because he's a great prince who is standing for the children of God's people. You find that in Daniel chapter 12, verse number 1. If you want to put it on the board, fine. Micah chapter, I mean Daniel 12, verse number 1. And at that time, Micah, the great prince, who protects your people. Why are you flipping? At that time, shall Micah stand the great prince who standeth for the children of the people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even to that same time. At that time, the people shall be delivered and everyone that shall be found written in the book. Now, if you go to Deuteronomy, time is not there to read that. You go to Deuteronomy, I think, 32. You find that the Bible says when God was divided in nations, He gave each nation an angel to guide them. But for Israel, they belonged to Him. He didn't give them another angel. So Christ, God, as it were, become the angel of the people of God, which have to do with Israel. Are you there with me? This is why I teach, when you say you are an intercessor to cast out principalities in a nation, you first have to identify with the angel God has given authority over the nation. It is as you relate to that angel that you can be able to identify the principality in a nation. You find that in the book of 2 Kings chapter 22. Time is not there to read that. But the point is, at the first king, when Ahab was to be dethroned, there was a court in heaven. Remember that? The Bible says, evil spirit came from the left hand side of God to say, I will go and become a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets so that in so doing, he might be deceived and go to war and be killed. So when God says he removed kings and he established kings, that is a procedure. Praise the Lord. The power of that nation and the angelic power of that nation is what really goes into work. So what it means is this. If we can truly accept or begin to see who the principality of that nation is, through the angelic guidance, it's easy to remove people from power and establish people in power. So that's why you find the book of Daniel, 
when the Bible says, this is the decree of the watchers. The watchers are the spirit beings. The watchmen are the intercessors. The intercessors must relate to the watchers to know what is in the mind of God. And so, whatever you decree on it is decreeing heaven. You have to first agree with heaven mandate for your prayer to be answered. Now, for you to do that, you must relate to the angelic guidance of that nation who actually attend this court every year to determine the fate of the nations. That's a different teaching anyway. But I'm trying to make you see something. Is that okay? Yeah. Because you see, let me digress. We'll continue from there next week. We'll have five minutes more. See, let me tell you this. The Bible tells in the book of Acts that when God set up the nations, He gave them their boundaries. Is that okay? That tells you one thing. That the oil we have in Nigeria, gold we have in Gold Coast, wherever you're going to have any mineral resources, they are already there. God put them there. And the point is, God intended that all those people in those nations to benefit from those mineral resources. Now this is what happened. When the president is in power, I will not allow those things to benefit the people. God do not only remove the president, he makes that resource to deplex. That is why I'm sorry to say, we now have Ghana instead of Gold Coast. Why? Gold Coast was actually a place where gold was found. But if it's not used for the benefit of the people, there is nothing wrong for that thing to deplete because God takes away king and put in another king. Is that okay? That is why I'm sorry to say, people may not have liked or loved Gaddafi, but he was one of the best presidents Africa has ever produced. Because as a Libyan, if you go and study medicine, you come back, while you are there, there's an amount of money you have been paid as a student from the government. When you come back home and you have not gotten a job, you only need to go and register and your equivalent of salary that you are supposed to earn have to be paid to you by the government. The Western world didn't like that. And he wanted to float a currency which is made of nothing but gold, which have been too powerful against the dollar. That's why they say they should kill him. Wickedness from the Western world. I, I, I'm going to stop here today. I'll take it off from there next week. But I want you to understand these things, that the resources in the nation are meant for the people of that nation. You understand that? It was meant for the people of that nation. The oil is meant for Nigerians. The oil is meant to better the lot of Nigerians. I'm not surprised we can see all the problems we are going in the oil industry. Because only a few people are benefiting from it. But see, God put us here and God had enough resources to take care of everybody in this country. Look at how many billions be stolen. If they divide those billions, eat, how many millions are we? 170 million people. How many billions is out there? That means each one of us can have one million each. If they take the census of this country and bring the stolen money, you are qualified for one or two million in your pocket. It's our mineral resources. 
So you see, it's not a disadvantage you are a Nigerian. The problem is your leadership has made you disadvantaged. Are you getting that? This is why the Bible says when the righteous king is in power, the people will rejoice. But when wickedness comes, where are the wicked people? People will put it in their pockets and forget the masses. But the oil, the gold, the bauxite, God placed them there. Listen, it's not by accident you are born in Nigeria. It's like I'm preaching, I'm not teaching tonight. <laughs> you were born in Nigeria for a specific reason because God made provision for you where? In this country. The oil belongs to everybody. And it's more than enough to reach from the south to the north. Even if you just want oil well, you can take care of the Nigeria population. We are just wicked people. That is why if God need be, let the oil dry up. I'm just telling you the truth. This is where we are. And that's what the western world saw in Gaddafi. And they decided to go and kill him. And they say the man is a wicked man. Which wicked man? The man that will pay people, pay students, pay everybody. Free electricity. Everything. We have been free. Because there was enough money. They got envy. Because he could challenge the West. And then they plot him and kill him. And they say he was a wicked man. Who told you he was a wicked man? There was never a president in Africa that was as good as that man. The only person I can compare to him was this young man that was killed. I think in Uganda also. Huh? Good. That's the next man. Every other guy, they are all thinking about their pocket, their money, everything. And putting us in poverty when God has blessed us. Man, we are blessed people. Amen. We have oil all over the place. Swimming, we should be swimming in money. But some people are putting it in their pocket. But God is going to bring it out. That's why all those people that have stole the money, they are paying back now. And some of them will have to come to us. I'll see you next week.